Hello, and welcome to another episode of Grinding the Mythos. Where the mythos gets grinded on. We are here again today with myself, Merlin, and Terrell, a.k.a. Billy Bob, a.k.a. He has more knowledge, so we have Robert Williams. Uh, today he will be going over his favorite subject of the Chupacabra. Also referred to as El Chupacabra. So, we are going today over the Chupacabra here. Um, most of this is going to be um, Robert William because he has almost all the information. Take it away, my friend. All right. First off, we are going to be talking about the Chupacabra. El Chupacabra to the Puerto Rican uh, people in the 1990s. Uh, we start off by starting at the basics. Chupacabra. What is a Chupacabra? Well... Back in the 1990s, this name came to be because goats were the first to be attacked. The goats. The goats. Um, essentially, chupacabra, broken down, chupa is to suck, and then cabra, goat. So, you have goat sucker, which, I don't know if that would be the greatest nickname in my personal opinion chupacabras obviously sounds way better than goat sucker <laughs> so i mean i'm sure if that uh chupacabras out there in puerto rico right now is saying you know what i'm glad for that name change instead of being the goat sucker <laughs> running around i'm the goat sucker <laughs> you got that creepy vibe going on i'm the goat sucker <laughs> yeah. uh, i'm say i'm the chupacabra because apparently he has this deep sexy voice it's like <laughs> hello i am the chupacabra or to my Puerto Rican family, El Chupacabra. <laughs> it's it's the Puerto Rican side of him that makes him have the deeper voice. Oh, yeah, because everybody knows just, just that much more sexy. Yes. So, um, fun thing about that is they did have the only visual evidence that they had from Puerto Rico where they had some pictures of the after effect. They never had any pictures of the actual Chupacabra itself, um, just some eyewitnesses, which we'll kind of get into a little bit here in a bit. But um, the pictures that they had, the ones of the goats, this this thing, I mean, there's two puncture wounds, so there's no doubt in my mind that something had eaten or tried to or attempted to eat the animal in question, um, which really isn't the one that's in question, to be honest. <laughs> let's, be, let's be real here. Um, so the two puncture wounds, some of them that I saw were on the top of the head, and some of them were, like, on the side, like it went to go grab it from the top. Um, there were reports of them being bitten in the abdomen, and, I mean, obviously the, the famous in the neck area, none of which were, I mean, there probably were some that were just weren't recorded that were directly on the jugular, um, obviously coming from our mental state of vampires, <laughs> and, like, the jugular is the place to get 
the blood efficiently from the body to the mouth to out of the body of the other person thing and or whatever. Seems seems to me that whatever this thing is, though, it has a horrible discovery for the anatomy. Yes. <laughs> it's either very, very unaware of how to go about eating or like, maybe the main goal is to suck the blood. I highly doubt it. There's not really anything that's living that can live off of blood other yeah. than vampires, which... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we'll not go into that one on this one, but here, um, most of the eyewitnesses are saying that this beast, this hairless beast, stands on two feet, um, and it stands like a kangaroo, uh, four sharp fangs with huge glowing red eyes, kind of like a gargoyle. Some have said that it has had wings on it, um, kind of has this spiky demeanor, kind of if you think of like a hyena and like from Lion King, how they have that spike thing going down the back. Mm. They like gelled it up and like split it like people have their mohawks. Punk rock hyenas. Exactly. Think about that. That's essentially what a chupacabra is. <laughs> you mix a punk rock guy with a uh, mohawk that's spiked out and a hyena. Boom. You have a chupacabra. Um, that's essentially what they are reporting. There was a report. Um, the first report was Madeline Tolinto. Tino. Tol Tol Tolentino. 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 Yeah, Tolentino. She's got some toes in the Tino. Um, but she essentially had that first um, public sighting that she went out and told people about in 1995. Um, and we'll come back to that a little bit later on. Um, once it gets towards the end, we have a few different things that I want to go over to specify. Yeah, yeah. But essentially, she was the first one in, in um, Puerto Rico to say, Yo, there was this thing that had glowing red eyes was maybe about three to four feet tall standing on its hind legs and it had wings and it had it was hairless and it was like this thick matty black skin um so that 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 was essentially what they had said was the overall picture of what this chupacabra was sounds like a really large bat yeah, essentially giant bat, um, <laughs> from her description of it. Obviously, the body, uh, the pictures that I had seen, because they, they had put, obviously, when this kind of came out, and the mythos of it and, and everything of that nature, at the very least in Puerto Rico, and um, kind of in those areas specifically, you're seeing a lot of big-bodied things with small wings, not like, I'm a gargoyle, I can actually fly with these wings, <laughs> but more of like, Yo, these are like kind of aesthetics. Like, I can fly, but I really can't. It's for fashion. I got it on sale. Yeah, exactly. Um, some of these people were also claiming that it had the ability <laughs> to leap very, very high. Which, for whatever reason, my my brain went, And the Chupacabra! Able to leap tall buildings in a single bound! <laughs> um, I imagine that's how they probably would have... Obviously, it, it would have been in Spanish, yeah. but... Yeah. Um, in that kind of Telemundo voice of like, the tru Los Chupacabras! I'm not even going to attempt it, um, but <laughs> in that kind of an aspect of it, um, it got bad to the point um, where in 2000, or not, not 2000, 1996, um, there was a mayor that was up for re-election, uh, his name was Jose Rome, or Raymond Soto, um, where he put together a, I like to call it a posse, um, they, 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 I guess the, the History Channel, the way they kind of went about it was that he put together a safari, which to me, I just imagine really old white dudes in their little safari hats with a, with a musket <laughs> over their shoulder, yeah. 
Um, going out into the nowhere, going to hunt Tarzan or something. Those very nice tight shorts. Yes, the very nice tight plumy shorts with the long socks. Um, so I like to say more of he put a posse together, um, compiled of about 200 people, including um, law enforcement who were armed. Um, this. That's like two separate images I'm getting now. So I went from safari to now I'm just envisioning basically gang wars against the Chupacabra. <laughs> yeah, I mean, essentially, it was just that. I mean, I'm, I like to go like the Hunchback of Notre Dame kind of uh, aspect, you know, pitchforks and yeah. fire. <laughs> Rioter people being like, ah! <laughs> Burn the um, But you have this group of 200 people going out there. Their mayor's holding this giant six-foot crucifix, trying to, like... I guess ward off this chupacabra, which kind of defeats the purpose, if I'm being honest. Because um, right also behind him is being pulled a big old cage with a with a goat in it as bait. So I'm like, what are you trying to do with this cross or this cross? And crucifix. The crucifix uh, is crucifixed with you, and then you have the goat behind you trying to be bait. Like uh, you're kind of sending conflicting messages to the chupacabra. He's probably sitting out there like. I see the goat. What, what do you want me to do? There's a cross, or this cross here that you're trying to ward me off with, and, and it's working, but like, there's that goat there that I'm getting mixed signals, guys. Come do, on. Do you want me for dinner, or like, do you, do you not want me in for dinner? Like, which, which is it? Yeah, I would be confused. Yeah. That's probably why they never even saw anything, <laughs> and I think that's, that's a big part of it. Um, I mean, one guy I think they would have really benefited from having on. <laughs> in this safari of sorts would be Antoine Dotson, you know, but he gonna yeah. find you, like, just just think about it, like, if we had to put it into his terms of what they were dealing with in Puerto Rico, it's kind of like Antoine Dotson saying, obviously, we have a chupacabras in Puerto Rico. He's climbing in your fences, and he's munching up your animals. So, hide your goats, hide your cows, and hide your chickens, because he's drinking everybody's blood out there. Like, I'd guarantee they would have at least found one chupacabras that fit this description, and Antoine Dotson would have been like, you are so dumb. You caught the biggest and easiest trick in the book. We had a chicken that wasn't even real. You are so dumb. I can just imagine him in the back like, hey, Jose, you are so dumb. You could not find a single chupacabra with 200 people. Like, obviously you think if, if this creature hasn't been seen, one of two things either it doesn't exist or b you're too stupid to realize that if you send 200 people out put them in posts around people's um livestock to make sure they're safe that that thing is not coming back you're gonna ward it off you're gonna <laughs> ward it off which is i mean kind of the point in the first place right. but you can't uphold that this whole time I mean, so like if, if you're looking for something you don't set up a ward against it you try to lure it in rather than be like stay away you don't see people going fishing or hunting and just screaming at the deer or the fish saying go away go away but i've got cornmeal for you i've got a worm a nice juicy worm but go away but splashing go in the water they're gonna swim away yeah. they're gonna prance away because they can hear you that's why when you go hunting you're quiet yeah you're trying to sneak up on them you're not like there's 200 people in these woods, and we're coming for you. But we will please, find you. But please come out. <laughs> like, you can't expect much. But, obviously, Jose, he's trying to do it 
for political gain. He's trying to get everybody all riled up, let them know that he cares about his country and his area. Um, so he's doing this, honestly realizing, I, I would like to think he knew exactly what he was doing. He was trying to gain the favor of the people knowing that there probably either wasn't something like that or that they were not gonna find anything, but he did something. He did something, he tried. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, maybe he's smarter than I thought. He's a big talker, that's for sure. I mean, it seems like he riled the people up at least in the area for, for that if he got 200 people to chase a chupacabra. That seems pretty impressive. <laughs> Depends on how big the city was. I suppose, yeah. <laughs> I mean, anywhere around here, if you had that, you'd have people... All you'd have to do is put a Facebook post out here. We are hunting Los, Chuc Los Chupacabra. And you'd have at least 3,000 people sitting in the parking lot of Walmart saying, When we gonna get that Chupacabras? <laughs> we gotta go hunt that thing. Woo! <laughs> but, yeah, like, like I was saying, this, this, this Soto guy was a very big talker, which kind of essentially transitioned and to hearing your first bits and pieces of it in the United States. I mean, there were articles in huge, huge papers, such as the, uh, um, I was trying to think of some satire one to go off of, but then just like, just kidding. The Onion. The Onion, clearly, <laughs> which honestly, probably. <laughs> probably. But reputable ones like New York Times, the Washington Post, and a few other ones, but that's kind of when it got to a point where the actual government of Puerto Rico stepped in and was like, hey, this thing, regardless of it's real or not, is causing issues for our economy because people were not wanting to come to visit. And we need at, that tourism. Yeah, I mean, they could definitely play it off, which is the way they ended up doing after they had these people come through as do it like, oh, the chupacabras. I mean, I, I'm a Wisconsin boy. I was grew, uh, born and raised in Was or Wasa, Wisconsin, which is why the whole chupacabra thing is super fun for me. Me and my brother used to watch like Destination Truth and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. Shouts out to you, Mike Pollard. Yeah. Um, but um, there's this mythical creature just north of us called the Hodag. I don't know if you've ever heard about that, Joe. Have you ever heard of a hodag? Yep, up in Rhinelander. Absolutely. Yeah. And the funny thing about that is my high school, where we were the Wasi East Lumberjacks. And if you know anything about the, the hodag, is it was this creature that was designed to scare away the lumberjacks from the forests, mm. from chopping down the trees and everything and trying to harvest the wood and everything. So either this mythological creature, obviously none were ever found or anything like that, but it like kind of looks like essentially an alligator with the face of a lion, but it's green and it's got biggest teeth. Weirdest looking thing I've ever seen. Yeah, I don't know if I would be afraid of it or laugh at it right. if I <laughs> ended up coming upon one. But essentially, you have that same kind of thing where Rhinelander's known for the hodags now. That's like one of their biggest thing um, when it comes to tourism is they say, hey, we're the Rhinelander hodags. I mean, that's, that's their thing. I think Puerto Rico tried owning the chupacabra and um, essentially turning it into something good once they realized that once the go well obviously once the government stepped in and was like hey let's actually have scientists come in and do all these tests and um, like do a lot of research essentially and they come to find out that most of these sightings were not eh, I mean accurate in what they were be being said a lot of it was going based off the first sighting and being close to it um, most of the attacks that they had seen and done research on, got skin samples and all that stuff, came out to be um, coyotes, wild dogs, 
Um, possibly that like even just from the range of things that they could think about that could have possibly happened is like maybe the bats in the area were um, looking for a different food source at that point and so they were coming down and trying to drain the blood which also when it comes down to the draining of the blood actually never really happened I mean yes none of the animals that they turned upside down after the puncture wounds were there were like no blood came out but if you think about it I mean, they broke that down in the reports, too, mm. is because all the blood had coagulated at the bottom and essentially yeah. turned into a sludge type thing that's not going to be coming out of the holes like it would be if it was just a liquidy blood or a thick liquid blood. Make a puncture, the air gets to it, the blood starts to coagulate, boom. Exactly. It's, it's not going to come out like you would yeah. normally do. So these, these reports, even once it got to the U.S., which we're going to go over next, um, there really hasn't been a merit of saying, yeah, definitely, these these animals had no blood, not a single drop of blood in them. Um, but everybody was saying, no, they, they have blood. Their blood was drawn from the body. Um, even when it came down to, like, the physical sightings, they had realized that in the area, um, the, I think it's Rasus or Rahus, I can't, I, I can't remember. There were these type of monkeys that had been released into Puerto Rico mm. um, by accident that were... I mean, they could be very, very vicious. And I mean, even a mongoose came up into, into the picture because those things are very cute, but they're very vicious also. Very. Um, so, I mean, there was a wide variety of different possibilities that could have been coming out of what the uh, the scientists come to find out that it obviously wasn't something that had either been foreign to the, to the country or anything like that. But obviously there was no 100% proof because nobody really had a picture nobody had really any hard evidence saying otherwise other than the fact that it was something set off by mass hysteria of one person saying oh my gosh this creature sucked the blood out of this goat and then it just essentially ran with it and people will see stuff and kind of tying into that too some of the hysteria of that person the tolentino lady um was the tie-in too that just shortly before this the movie Species actually came out like within like a month of the first sighting. And Tolentino, who actually is the first one that reported this, she actually even admits that she saw Species and thought it was a good movie and that the monster, the Chupacabra, looked a lot like the monster from Species. So kind of some correlation there too. Absolutely. The um, essentially, Yeah, what Joe's talking about is there was, there was a book, a documentary uh, type, thing in 2011 that was made called Tracking the Chupacabra um, by Benjamin Radford um, who went there and spent five years oh, doing all this investigation, spoke with Madeline and um, he came to the conclusion essentially just to kind of sum it up that um, the alien creature the sill of the movie was almost identical to Madeline's description and that she had even said to him that she believed that the creature and the events that she saw in this in the species were happening in reality uh, so she may not have been the most reliable source and he even um, puts in a notation in the in the story or in his book saying um, the most important description uh, and the first description of the chupacabra cannot be trusted because of her thought process of this movie is a real thing and that she is now mistaking the chupacabra for the species and cinematic gold that all of that stuff has happened me thinks nuts um so a, a part of his research also kind of goes back to the fact that um 
this whole blood sucking thing like we had mentioned before none of these were ever confirmed by a, a, ne a necropsy i think they call it mm -hmm. um and i mean they had th about 300 different reports of the victim of the chupacabra so to say but none of them had actually been drained of their blood just the coagulation aspects basically yeah so that being said i mean they even went across the border or the lines even when it came into the united states of saying that it was possible different other culture uh, culprits as a coyote dog some type of canine hybrid as far as to say a raccoon um, <laughs> i saw those ones <laughs> so <laughs> i mean you <laughs> Uh, to me, that just doesn't seem right. It's kind of a wide range of... A very wide, wide range. Um, but yeah, we're going to kind of break it up and say, hey, now this is where we're segmenting after this whole... Because it really essentially took roots in the United States after um, Jose Soto essentially went on this big safari and started talking to all these newspapers in the United States. And then, of course, you give one person an idea, just like you gave Madeline... Oh, there's a chupacabra, and it causes it does this. So I mean, it's kind of like saying, "Hey, do you have a headache? Oh, you have COVID." <laughs> they're they're, just, they're saying, "Hey, this is the end result. So therefore, you must have this." Yeah. So they're like, "Hey, you have dead goats, or you mm -hmm. actually it was dead chickens first off yeah. in in the United States in Texas," and they're like, "Oh yeah, I I, I have a chupacabra problem." <laughs> It's the puncture holes and they're drained of blood, so chupacabra. Yeah. Um, the, one of the funny things is there was an interview um, with a man from Elmendor, Texas, named Devin McNeely. Um, he was a rancher. And, I mean, he said, in 2005, a, chupaga a chupacabra began to stock and ended up killing 30 of his chickens and drained, and I'm saying drained <laughs> in finger quotations, uh, of their blood. So... I mean, he even said he turned them upside down and nothing came out, which almost exactly word for word is exactly what I was talking about or what the, doc, the actual scientists in Puerto Rico were saying is, yeah, you're not going to get anything if you turn them upside down because the blood is already almost solidified and will not come out of the holes. So um, the funny thing about this guy, and I'm going to roast the heck out of him just because um I, I i see this guy and and for you guys listening just think of just think of a chicken farmer in the country talks to chickens does that kind of thing um skinny dude missing a few teeth um kind of has like a hey look at me kind of thing going on and uh, obviously this kind of fell right into his lap of this is something that i can talk about and you can tell just by the way he uh, kind of goes through his story and i have a few quotes from him that kind of obviously made me laugh and um the way he tells the story in the first place you can tell when somebody's giving you facts and when somebody's telling you a story mm. and for me watching this obviously cinematic part of it the history channel and all that stuff they're gonna make him sound like it's more of a history thing but you can tell when it's a force like this is the story like i've seen people that are terrible storytellers tell the facts and it's fine but you have these people most of the people that are giving these um, interviews and stories of what's going on and you can tell that they're storytellers um, they're 15 minutes of fame yeah they're 15 minutes of fame for sure um, so I mean his started out he realized that these chickens were being eaten or they were not being eaten and he said I saw it one time 
And so what I would do is I thought to myself, I will go in and get my gun. By the time he came back out with the gun, it was gone. So he's like, dang it. <laughs> then he's like, so I did this four times. And I'm thinking to myself, after the second time, I probably would have just brought a pistol or the gun with me. And I would have yeah. chosen a pistol at this point. He's talking about like a rifle, like a hunting rifle to come out there and with this animal and try and kill it or defend it. I don't know what exactly. I mean, I would assume that he's trying to use lethal force. So he's trying to kill the thing. So it stops killing so. his chickens. I think so. Um, so he does this four times to me and I'm like, this dude is stupid. And he kept saying like, I saw this creature four times and I ran back to the house just, and to get my gun. But by the time I came back, it was gone. I feel like that's the definition of insanity right there. Doing the same thing over and over and expecting different results. <laughs> exactly. And at this point, you're like, this dude's stupid. Yeah. But then he changes his story, or it kind of shifts a little bit, and he's like, now this time I was smarter. So I brought the gun out, and he even like he did a reenactment of exactly what he did for them. Hmm. So he brings out this gun, and he puts it in this like this wedge of a tree. So it's like kind of like in an, an area where he's aiming that way. And he, he goes to say about this. He says, until this time I had, or yeah, until this last time I had a gun propped up, ready, and hold on one second. <laughs> just doing, doing the note reading here, yeah. trying to make sense of the insensical, yeah. Ill illogical, unsensical, um, unsensical. Essentially what he ended up doing is he played it up as a big game hunt. Um, so he's got it and he's like, I was carrying my water, minding my own business. <laughs> when I, and I was totally oblivious and there I was. I saw it within 30 yards of me. And my thought process is if something's 30 yards away from you and you see it, it's smaller than you, it probably sees you. Yeah, yeah. So my thought process is this thing's gone by the time I take a first step. This, this dude like does this reenactment of he's like so i ran over to my gun which is perched perfectly in this tree <laughs> aiming this direction and he's like so what i did is i sided it up and like i'm thinking to myself why not just take the gun out of the tree so yeah. you can actually hit it because i guarantee it just didn't stand there like hi what is that in your hand is that a gun yeah. what does that do bum 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 am i gonna die am i gonna die am i gonna bleed out like these things <laughs> So, and you have that storytelling once again, because he says, just when I had it in my range, I took, I knew I had to act fast. So I, <laughs> so, so I pulled the trigger, heard the pop, and then the chupacabra dropped in just one shot, because I knew I had to be quick. It's a pretty good shot then. <laughs> and I'm thinking to myself, like, I don't know of any hunter who has their gun, A, perched like that yep. almost to the point where you can't really move it and having that animal so conveniently <laughs> in the crosshairs at that point long enough especially since he ran over to it to shoot this animal in one shot now i'm no i'm no animal expert I and mean, i'm pretty sure that for one if an animal sees you it usually is going to try to run two if you start to run it takes that as a sign of danger and will try to run. Or attack you. <laughs> or attack you. So, to me, this Devin dude, yeah. I mean, he killed the animal, 
which, I mean, he has the bones and everything, and they went over the science of it. It's essentially a dog, or a, it's, a, it's from the canine family. It's got the, the nice sharp four fangs in the front, top and bottom. But, I mean, for the most part, it's, it's, it might be a crossbreed of a coyote and a dog um, with mange, essentially. Yeah. And um, when we're talking about mange, essentially, it's like an infestation of kind of like scabies for humans. Yeah. Um, we can handle it for the most part, but for canines, it like it's dia it's debil I can't even say debilitated. Be it debilitating. Debilitating for them, and like it, it can put them out of their minds, which would also explain why these animals were not being drugged away, and mm. either they were mentally slow and they realized it, so they started going for easier games such as farm animals, um, and for whatever reason they just were not finishing the job. So, I mean, that kind of makes se the actual feasible sense. And the United States is really where all this hard information actually ended up coming up. Is you have people that have either caught, killed, or some type of physical evidence of what they're talking about, the chupacabra. So, the funny thing about it for me is you have this depiction of a chupacabra in... Puerto Rico, where it's standing on its hind legs, it's about three to four feet tall, you have glowing red eyes that are on the side of its head, you have these either little arms with talons, kind of like a T-Rex kind of thing, and wings. Whereas you now cross over to the United States, where people are maybe not as familiar with the original report, but are now running with it and say, I mean, one of the ladies I think that you had mentioned about who had... A road that the the beast that she had was oh, roadkill. Yeah. yeah. Um. So they found that and they're like, this doesn't look right. So they froze the head. And with that one, Phyllis Canyon or something of that nature. Yeah, Phyllis. Yeah, uh, Phyllis. Phyllis. <laughs> um. For her, I personally think that you have the situation where I, I mean, she flat out told her, she's like, yeah, my brother called and. Say, it sounds like you got a chupacabras on your hand. Like, this dude didn't even see the situation. He's like, oh, puncture wounds? You have a chupacabra. <laughs> Has to be it. It's like all these people on Facebook saying, oh, yeah, you're coughing. You have the Rona. And the Rona. So everybody's an expert from over the phone. Yes. Um, so I think, I mean, she she herself, I saw the, the interview with her, and she was she was so proud of the fact that she had got this roadkill Bring, essentially <laughs> bringing it around like a little trophy she's like and, and to this day even i said from what you had said and on the interview too on the history channel um they had talked about how she was bound to determine even after all this scientific proof they took skin samples they took the little bit of hair that was on that animal and they're like yeah it's canine yeah some type of canine it's a it's a hybrid of some sort but it's canine and she refused to acknowledge that and said, no, this is a chupacabra where you're thinking to yourself, it's not a goat soccer. She didn't even have goats. Right. And I actually remember seeing, I don't have it up right now in my notes here, but I remember seeing one of the statements of how she claims that she has worked on DNA testing several times in regards to this chupacabra. And every single time it never got any results that she was aware of that matched any of the animal database but yet when you know actual scientists tested it it came back with like a canine of some form 
cross between something. Never was a full exact match, but it was canine and show for sure, and was close to like coyote or something of that nature. Yeah. So, <laughs> I mean, for her, I just think once again, it's I'm gonna get my few minutes of fame. I'm gonna have the only chupacabra in the whole area if I can get it. If I can get the TV to go ahead and claim this as a real live or well not live anymore but was a real live chupacabra real stuffed then i'm gonna be i'm gonna be somebody important i mean <laughs> even even the, even the antoine dotson guy i was just uh kind of looking into some funny things about him like he legitimately just came in and had an interview got this super auto-tuned song that we're essentially making fun of him you guys realize that that antoine dotson auto-tuned song went platinum what? <laughs> yep. He got a gold record first, and then after a few years, he, he it went platinum. What the heck? So, I mean, he, I mean, at that point, he's like, you know, if I did it, I might as well do it on purpose. So I, I made I made a, I made an album called On Purpose. Wow. <laughs> so obviously that hasn't probably gone anywhere because it's been five years. But yep. Um, it's the same thing. You, people want to be in front of a camera. People when people are in front of a camera and they have that showmanship or in front of a microphone and they feel like people want to listen to them like myself um <laughs> they'll pretty much talk about anything at that point just to get your attention like we do on these podcasts exactly yeah it's it's all about viewership the only difference between us and him is there is video to it and they're doing it for the sole purpose of becoming famous and i'm just doing this because it's kind of fun it is and by kind i mean it's rather fun <laughs> um and i don't expect much out of it um but it's kind of fun to shoot the breeze with Merlin. Yeah, you. And uh, go over some topics that are quite interesting to me. And even if I don't know anything about the topics, being able to put my two cents in and essentially make people laugh. If I can make you laugh just a little bit on the episodes that I'm in, I've done my job. Check mark. Check. Um, but that being said, with the Chupacabras and El Chupacabra, in Puerto Rico. El Chupacabra. I think it's going to be up to you guys on what you guys want to believe with this. Um, yeah. As we're, I'm, I like proof. I like burden. I also like that childlike faith of, oh, it could be out there. I mean, nobody's 100% disproved it, which is 100% right. true. They haven't disproved it. But at the same time, there's a lot of things that have died down in Puerto Rico when it came to the Chupacabra. And I mean, They've made songs about it, they've made t-shirts, they've made movies, they've made sh different things that essentially are just trying to play off of the Chupacabra lore to... Because there's people all over the world that love this kind of stuff like crazy. Like, yeah. they'll, they'll go to super crazy lengths to get a hair of the Chupacabra. And, um, but just thinking about the mass difference between the Puerto Rican, or the Puerto, Puerto Rico Chupacabra, and then you have the... United States Chupacabra being essentially a dog-like animal that just has thick, matty black skin, which is what mange does to animals in severe cases, um, is it can take the hair off and make your skin like a super thick black kind of texture to it. So, I mean, I wouldn't write it off 100% for me. I'm, 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 I'm sold on the fact that this thing doesn't actually exist and it's a bunch of people making assumptions off of one lady's thought process who right. thought that the movie the species was real and the mass hysteria the side side effect basically of this right so i'm 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 more on the lines of 
trusting the people that have done the research, um, read the, I mean, this dude spent five years for that investigation in the first place. Um, so, I mean, he found out a lot of information that was in there. It's a good read if you guys want to go ahead and read into it. It's Tra Tracking the Chupacabra by Benjamin Red Radford. Um, but for the most part, I don't know. It's going to be up to you guys on what you feel about the Chupacabra. Yeah. Uh, there's a lot of different assets, like, or not assets, outlets. Um, I mean, there's people that believe that it's a conspiracy theory of go government, aliens. You got your mythos believers that just think that it's actually a monster. Um, and then you got, you know, the proof stuff that we have going on where it's like DNA testing is coyote. But, you know, could be that... that Maybe the coyotes are taking the blame for for something that actually is out there. <laughs> coyotes are like, hey, if we can keep our brother over here in the dark for a while, I think we'll be fine. Yeah, we'll be all right. They'll just think that it's just us, and and it'll be okay. It's it's a giant conspiracy between the animals, <laughs> the uh, the legendary mythos of the chupacabra and the humans. Like we will rule once again, and we don't want to be on the wrong side of the chupacabra, so we'll take the heat for the time being. The chupacabra is actually paying off the coyotes, being like, "Hey, hey, you got mange? I got the chi I got the chicken you, for yeah, you. I'll give you this chicken if you go and just take the fall for me. Just take the fall. Just take the fall. You may have to get hit by a car. You may have to get shot. It's fine." You may have to go over to good old Devin McNeely's yard and kill about 30 chickens. Only 30 specific. Not 31, not 32, not 33, not 29, not but 30. 30. Only 30, because if you do more than that, deal's off. <laughs> deal's off. It's a round number. Because <laughs> um, everybody knows that chupacabras like round numbers. Yeah, yes. And they're math whizzes, which is why their eyes are so big. You yeah. know, they can see all the numbers. It's, it's part of that vampire side effect, you know? <laughs> yeah, it's pure intelligence. But yeah. Yeah, that's, that's the chupacabra. The goat sucker. That is a lot of information that you had there, so yay. And as we stated, you know, it's up to you guys if you want to believe in it or not. There are multiple assets here that are... What am I thinking of for the word? Facets. Aspects. Facets? Aspects? Possibly. Maybe. Something like that. There's multiple ways that you can take it, so, you know, leave it up to your imagination. And if you want to believe it or not, do you want to do the outro or shall I? Go ahead, buddy. Alrighty. As always, thank you for listening to Grinding the Mythos. And once again, a wonderful episode. You take care and bye now. Hey folks, Merlin here. If you like what you just heard and want to hear more in the future, feel free to like, follow, and subscribe to any of the Grinding the Mythos pages we have out there. There's a Facebook page, Facebook group, I do have a Patreon, and then also a Twitter and TikTok are to be coming in the future, so look forward to those. We definitely appreciate the support, and hope all goes well.